Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I am your host, Matt Townsend. We do what we can every day on this show to give you a little help, a little hand up in life. See if we can't make your relationships, your life, just everything that makes you human, maybe go a little bit easier for you. That is the goal of the show every single day. Welcome to the BYU Radio uh, show with Matt Townsend. And also, we're going to have a full show today with a bunch of guests. In fact, I'm pretty much going to guarantee a laugh today. Okay, can't promise it, but I'm going to guarantee it, even though I'm not going to promise it. I don't know how those two go together, but the reality is I have found... We need a little more humor in our lives, and quite honestly, I think all of us are a bit too uptight. And so on today's show, we're going to see if we can't show you the benefits of a good laugh, right? Now, you'd think laughter would be normal, would be natural, it would be easy, wouldn't you? You'd think it'd be kind of a no-brainer, just something you do. But, um, you know, there seems to be better times for laughter and not so great times for laughter. One day I was walking down the street with my lovely wife, as I am known to do, and we were on a cute little walk, uh, not hand in hand, because it actually would have been helpful if she had my hand. I probably wouldn't have fallen as far. But um, as I was walking, uh, I twisted my ankle. Okay? Just a simple ankle twist. And in my head, you know, you st- I was starting to fall. And my, my head is saying, hey, Matt, you're starting to fall. And my ego inside of me says, no, no, we're not doing that. We're not going to have a fall today, Matt. So I thought, oh, okay, I guess what I'll do then is I'm just going to start running. And I started trying to outrun the fall while I was falling. Okay, It's a really cool thing. So for about every inch of altitude that I lost, I tried to take a step. And it was a brilliant idea for about 10 steps. But eventually I ran literally about a house length while I was falling. And then there's this magic moment where you know you're going down and you've already run a block and you're exhausted and you realize you can't keep running. You're just going to have to take the hit. So I fall, okay, which, you know, for some people could be embarrassing. And it was for me. And I was kind of just startled that I had just twisted my ankle and fallen in front of my wife. And But I knew. This is what I knew. This is what I knew. I knew my loving, caring, compassionate wife would run to my side and just be there to pick me up out of my skin, knees, and ashes. And you know what? She wasn't there. She wasn't there. She actually got there in about a second, but when she got there, she her face was bright red and she was rolling and she's like, <laughs> "Why did you do that?" And she was laughing. And in all of my humiliation, her laughter made me start to laugh. And it saved me because I was mad. I was mad. Why are you laughing at me? And then worse than that, why are you asking me why I did that? Of course I did it to make you laugh. I wouldn't do it for any other reason. I didn't do it to look dumb. I didn't do it because my ankles are weak. No, I did it because I wanted to make you happy, my love. Anyway, her laughter helped me heal. And apparently there's some pretty good research on this. A good, you know, sense of humor can actually help you heal. Uh, In fact, especially at work even, they say laughter is the best medicine And there was a study that they did out of um, Canisius College in Buffalo, New York, and the study was basically trying to figure out 
if employees who were managed by people with a sense of humor, how they tended to handle things better or worse compared to being managed by somebody without a sense of humor. So they found out that if employees view their managers as humor-oriented, they also view them as more effective. Isn't that interesting? So if your boss tends to be funny or you see him as a little humor-oriented, you tended to see him as more effective. And in fact, you would actually rank your uh, employee, your job satisfaction would go higher because you had a humor-oriented boss. And especially, by the way, if they could use their humor effectively and appropriately. Um, They also found in in another study that kind of collaborated on this research that aging adults who use humor in their life were more frequently reporting that they were coping better with life and they had better life satisfaction. So humor at all stages apparently helps us. And um, this was like the third of the, of stu- uh, the third study that this professor, uh, Melissa B. Wainzer, um, had done on this topic. And every, ta- every study she's doing, she's finding out, is just validating more and more that humor is valuable. Now, not all humor, and we're going to talk about this today, not all humor is you know, ideal. Self-disparaging humor, making fun of oneself, it's an effective form, form of humor communication as long as you don't take it to excess, for example. Also, some forms of um, like uh, some forms of a put down or kind of sarcasm weren't always seen as more effective. Now, to me, powerful, right? Because now we know at least we're going to have a better life if we could find the funny. But uh, there's some other research that came out that may be even more, um, I think, healthy for us when it comes to humor. They have found in another study that watching comedy shows – uh, really? Yeah. Little Seinfeld there, for example. Tell me that didn't make you feel good. Just the thought of the Seinfeld theme can make you feel better. But in the study at UCLA, they did um, – it was a really fascinating study that actually was subsidized, funded by Comedy Central. Isn't that interesting? So Comedy Central threw a little money out there to help – Uh, a little research on laughter and the impacts of laughter. And what they found is that laughter has been um, a really powerful tool to actually help people tolerate more pain. So you don't even need painkillers anymore. Throw them away. You don't even need painkillers. In fact, I guess all you need is a good laugh. And the latest research shows that when they did a study on a number of children, they found that the children that laughed and smiled regularly during a show, so they were actually ranking laughter and smiles, and the children that were smiling more and laughing more actually were more able to handle pain. So when I turfed it and fell for a block and then just spread-eagled it all over the cement, my wife was trying to help me by laughing at me. And she wasn't laughing at me. She was laughing with me, but it felt like at me, which I thought was rude. And so um, humor helps, folks. And that's the topic of today's show. We're going to dissect it every single way possible. Um, We're going to get into, we're going to bring in a comedy group, a comedy uh, club. I don't know what we call them. They're called Humor U. They're from Brigham Young University, and they're just a bunch of funny people. And we're going to pick their brain and figure out how do you find the funny in everyday life? How do you take everyday events? How do you take everyday things that you just got to deal with? And how do you find the funny in them, like falling for a block? Or, you know, and maybe there's some things you can't find 
totally funny. But there's little things every day that you got to be able to pick up and notice, right? So we're going to be bringing them in. We're also going to be talking about, you know, maybe what's not appropriate. What are some things that we we probably ought not do? There. Um, the funny thing I think about life is that I, in reality. We need funny people. In fact, a great example of it is up in Emerald City up in Seattle. There's this guy. His name is Benjamin Fodder, F-O-D-O-R, who's, I guess, noticing that there's just too much violence on the streets and it's not safe and it's not healthy, I guess. So Benjamin Fodor, I don't know how you say his name, F-O-D-O-R, he began patrolling the streets. He's tired of it. So he started dressing up in a bulletproof vest and he carries pepper spray and handcuffs and a stun baton. And now the guy goes out. He even has a color-coded matching homemade uniform. And the guy goes out and he is now there to save the world. He calls himself Phoenix Jones. Phoenix Jones, the man, the myth, the legend. And I don't know how he got his name. In fact, I don't even know how you get the name. What are we going to call this guy? Uh, uh, Dr. Octopus. That's cool. Wait, wait. I got it. Dr. Octopus. Uh, but, uh, I like it. Of course you do. I like it. It's good. How do you, what do you call him? He chose Phoenix Jones. Now he's out there out on a, out and about on the town trying to save the people of Seattle. He's their superhero. Everybody seems to love him, I guess, except the cops. Uh, his job, he sees it, is to break up bar fights, to catch muggers, prevent crimes. But the police, they're not quite – they don't like him a lot. Uh, apparently, Phoenix Jones' superhero has been arrested for assault while protecting his fair city. Now, if that wasn't bad enough – now there's another Joker in the in the in the case here, a real Joker. He now has a super villain that's now has just vowed that he will eventually destroy Phoenix Jones. So now check this out: people in Seattle are just trying to live, and somebody's got their sense of humor going, starting to create something funny. And now another person's going to step in and start making fun of them. Um, You know what? Humor. It can heal us. Maybe it helps us not only protect our neighborhoods, but we know for sure it helps us live healthier lives. It helps us decrease our stress, tolerate more pain. And when we come back from the break, we are going to show you in every way possible how to get a little more humor into your life. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this break on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We have got a, a studio filled with talented humorists. Is that what we're calling you? Sure, why not? Okay. We uh, are talking about humor today, the healing powers, all the benefits of humor, the funnies of the funny, and uh, we've invited a group called Humor U from Brigham Young University. They're here on the campus making everybody laugh, and they're going to they're gonna help us figure out how you make the funny. Right? How you create a little bit of uh, levity, I guess, in life. Because life kind of is difficult, don't you think? Yeah, it's super sad. Very much agree. It's very much difficult. Let's go introduce everybody and let's hear your voice as I go through the list, okay? So, Callie Peterberg. Hey, I'm Callie. Hey, Callie, what's up? (laughs) Andres Malapudi. Hello. How are you, buddy? And we have Andrew Wing. Hey. Hey, what's up? You guys are real talkative. We have Aaron Woodall. That's me. Attaboy. Uh, Jacob Tarani. Yeah, Jacob Tarani, 2012. <laughs> yo, yo, look me up. Yow. Is that what you're doing? What I guess is so. that all about? And I Stephen don't... J. Rowe. Uh, super present. Super duper present. Okay, guys, funny. You all buy the idea of the research that we just read, Humor Heals? 
Yeah. Yeah. Of course. For sure. Yeah, I think so. Okay, so now, if humor heals and life is difficult, how do we merge the two? How do you take a difficult life event and find the funny? You guys do this all day because you do stand-up, right? Yeah. Now, how do you do it? How do you put your show together? How do you find the funny in the life? Yeah, just maybe raise your hand and then we'll call on you. Okay, well... We're all looking at me, so. So that's Kelly. I think they know that I'm all really. They all know that I'm really depressed. So. <laughs> Is that um, it? You're so depressed. Yeah. But. And I think most of my jokes lately that I'm performing a lot are about depression. Are they? <laughs> yeah. But is, is it healing? It's it probably heals. Yeah. Well, um, therapy outside, like if you don't get to go to BYU, is pretty expensive. Yeah. Um, but luckily to be a part of Humor U, it's free. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. Most of my jokes are about, uh, what my therapist says. My therapist died, um, at one point. For real. That actually happened. Oh boy. Made a joke out of it. Wow. Um, Sounds hilarious. Yeah. But but it helps you deal with it. People were sadder than I was expecting. Oh, (laughs) Oh, he died. He's dead? No. Um, but I think you have to do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That's how, I mean, like, I think my sense of humor probably came from the fact that I was really awkward and <laughs> and depressed as a child. And so it comes from there. Do you so think, you relate to people. Because to me, honestly, I, if you look at a lot of just comedians in general, they all seem to have kind of an insight to a darker side. You know what I mean? A lot of them have a little bit of a dark side. A lot of them, sadly, you know, end up dying young, tragic kind of accident. I mean, weird stuff goes on with these people. So do you think there's an insight that, I mean, maybe it is having a little depression that actually helps you be a better act or a, a comedian? Does, it, does the insight of being human yeah. give you a leg up? And I then th- if you can be funny about it, it even makes it better. I'll just keep talking. Um. <laughs> Yeah. Do you want to? I think yeah. It's the insight that makes people sad. It's the insight first, so that they have something to say about things they see. Yeah. A lot of the things you see are bummers. Yeah, they're down. Um, <laughs> uh, instead of wallowing in it, I guess. Well, I we try. You use humor to get over it. Yeah. To compensate, because maybe you're not good at sports. So give that a shot. <laughs> this is going to be an anti-sports. <laughs> it's a play. Yeah, it is. yeah so apparently you're all, none of you are good at sports, right? Is that what it is? I think we've got some no, but, great at sports. But what yeah. it is is... Aaron's actually pretty good at sports. Is, oh, there's one. Yeah. Good. So this I'm the all. worst comedian here. Right. <laughs> good at but you're, yeah, but you're, you have dexterity, so that's good. Mm-hmm. But isn't it interesting in the end that... Um, you can take – it's all skills. These are all just coping skills. So if you can go out and – I mean eventually you're not going to be a pro athlete. And if you're not a pro athlete, you got to get a job. And so <laughs> at some point, right? A real job. A real job. <laughs> but the, the, the irony of comedy is this is something that if you can learn it young, you can use it forever. Yeah. And I, I mean there's a, and there's a different difference between um, like doing stand-up and just being able to find funny yeah. in, in bad situations. I think like – it, when something bad happens to you, you kind of look at it like it's sink or swim. Mm-hmm. You can either just let this depress you even more or you can find a way out of it. And I think humor is one way out of it. And it's like I don't know, my favorite way out of it. It's I, an I easy agree. way out. Well, and it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's half the battle, right? Uh, if it's legal and it's free. But see, so let's get into that. Now, you all put together – you actually have stand-up acts, right? Yep. So yeah. how do you do that? How do you go about putting together your act? How does – I mean, how does that work? Well, Matt, I think we take all of our sad experiences. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, did you have something to say? Back Annie? to Kelly. Kelly always goes back to the sad experience. No, no um, 
I don't know. Like, I really do have like really bumming experiences that re- lead to most of my jokes. Like when give us some. Like, tell, just tell us. Just you don't have to like, yeah. stand to your whole act, but tell us about. Take us on a road. Take us on a. Let's um, let's go on a journey together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, my little sister is actually like super sassy, and when she was six, I would call. She's seven now, so it's not like a long it's time ago. Um, I would call and ask to talk to her. It's just important to me to stay connected to them. And at one point, I called and I said, hey, Dad, can I talk to Abby? And I, le- I heard her in the background. And my dad said, hey, Abby, do you want to talk to Callie? And she goes, no, tell her I'm busy. <laughs> and I was like, you're six. Like, what do you have to do? That Get is on so time-consuming. Right She's like, I'm sorry. Like, Dora's on. <laughs> like, the schedule is packed right now. Huge. Um, and that, like, that really made me sad because I was like, she doesn't want to talk to me. But is at the that? same time, like, there's That's humor. Funny, yeah. yeah. See, but that's a perfect example, isn't it? It's just life. Yeah. That's great. What else? Who's got? Who else has got stories? I've, I've got one. Let's hear one. Is um, this? Is this? Uh, I'm, G, uh, I'm Stephen. Row, row, row your boat. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> so um, I have a couple of food allergies, and when I discovered that I had them, well, just before I discovered that I had them, I got really sick and I was in bed for like a month. I was spending a lot of time on my wow. couch. Yeah, it was it was pretty terrible. But um, <laughs> it does sound pretty. It, awesome. it, it, it does sound nice to be until in bed for that long until. <laughs> but when you're throwing up all day, it's not the best. It isn't so, um, but uh, my wife, uh, she was, we were dating at the time, and she came over and she's like, "You've been spending a lot of time on the couch," and I said, "Yeah, I think my bed." misses me because I've been out here so much. So she and I together actually wrote this whole joke about how my my bed is jealous of my couch. <laughs> and it just developed into this whole, you know, I kind of have a relationship with my bed that's being violated by, by your the couch. couch and they it don't just, talk. They give each other weird looks. Yeah, they're kind of rivals with each other. So, you know, <laughs> cool. it just I took a, you know, pretty what was an awful situation for me and I got one of my best jokes out of it. it really Isn't that great? People really enjoyed that. Well, one, then so. your wife and you got your wife involved. So, it, what's it like to live with you guys? <laughs> I mean, unfun. It, is it <laughs> unfun? We're not funny at home. I know actually. that's the funny thing. Well, yeah, people. They don't. We're barely funny on stage. <laughs> you're barely funny on stage, let alone at home. But it's funny because you're not. You know, you're not a prophet in your own country, right? So nobody enjoys you as much as people that don't know you. <laughs> Isn't that a truth? Let's hope so. We're going to talk about our home life now. Yeah. <laughs> my parents. Not events. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any do you have any material or any of you have material about your parents? Oh my gosh. I do. I do. Yeah. Let's I do hear a little bit of that. Who's let, got let Jacob tell oh, I just use my mom and dad as figures to talk about violent and despicable things that they do. <laughs> my parents are actually very loving and are rad folks, but I like to talk about them killing animals. Really? And uh these aren't based entirely in real experiences. In <laughs> fact, they're made up. I lied. Tell them your, tell them your horrible nightmare about your... I'm not going to do that. There's a, there's, a, there's a joke that I talk about nightmares in my father's voice, and that is that. <laughs> really? And that's that? You don't want to share it because your dad might be listening because I bet yeah. he has serious sex on he's radio. Really, he's probably listening right now. He's probably uh, listening and frowning so hard. Man. He's so <laughs> proud of you, dude. A single tear rolls I'm down so my proud face. of my kids that make up lies about me. <laughs> That's great. So parents, family, siblings. What other things bring come well, up? I, I, I'm married and I get lots of jokes from my wife. Wife. Thankfully, jokes. she thinks I'm funny. Does she? And she puts up with me telling jokes about her in front of lots of people. Does she? Yeah, I surprised her with some jokes one time about 
about how excited she was to have a baby. And she wasn't expecting me to tell all, so many jokes about her at this show. And she was a great sport about it. But I mean, now uh, later in the show, we're going to be reviewing the video of the guy whose wife had the 80 mile an hour problem where she oh, couldn't figure gosh. out 80 miles an hour. Anyway, and that was kind of a joke gone wrong and then went yeah. big to a million people. Um, have you guys – have you done a joke where it just didn't work and people were offended? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. This was like this last weekend. <laughs> let's hear it. Yeah, let's hear one, Kelly. Yeah, you got one? No, like I got a paid gig, which was sweet. I'm happy I got money. But... Don't brag about it, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, gig is an industry term for the viewer. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you. Paid show. Thanks, Jacob. Okay, yeah. um, but everybody was eating and it sucked. I don't – can I say that? No. Okay. But keep going. It was awful. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was the worst. And um, like every joke that I did and that one of the comedians who used to be in humor, you, James Archibald, um, he did. Just bombed completely. Oh. Um, and yeah, like you're going to have jokes that only you relate to. It was a an audience of dermatologists. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, That's a hard group. And like, yeah. And like and so like it just <laughs> like at the end, I was just like, well, thank goodness for you guys, because my mom tans a lot. And then they laughed. And like I was like, I guess that's all I like. Just, they, they like a tanning joke. Cancer? Isn't <laughs> that it's just a cancer joke? But yeah, like I guess sometimes I mean, you're going to tell jokes because your experiences are limited. Yeah. And so. Yeah, totally. What do you think about I I mean, the funny thing, I guess, too, about a joke is your audience is what you're saying. So the joke is as funny as your audience's ability to receive it. Do you do you guys notice that you're altering um, – I guess you have to alter your gig wherever you go, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Are there tougher audiences than others? Like what's, like what's a tough audience? A bunch of dermatologists seems like a tough audience. An audience that's eating. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Our audiences on campus are lovely, lovely oh, people. Amazing. The best audience. You're very, just looking very for super public lucky. relations. That's yeah. totally true. No, That's I'm not right. lying. I love you. Um, <laughs> other places are less so. I they're, mean, they're harder. We have especially enthusiastic audiences on campus, but uh, if you go to a restaurant and there are four comedians and one person there, not fans. Yeah. <laughs> not fans of you mumbling your way through a three-minute set and then crying in the shower. Is that how long a set is, is three minutes? you got three minutes to prove yourself. If you're terrified and sad, totally. But it, feels, <laughs> like, but it, but it feels a lot longer than that, doesn't it? Yeah, I would say so. That's fun. Good times, everybody. Um, okay, we're going to come back after this break. But when we come back and I need your help, I want you to be able to – we'll have each of you give us one rule for finding the funny in life. Okay. So we have six of you. Be thinking through the break. One rule for finding the – now think of this. Our listeners are out there. Some of them just got laid off. Some of them just got in a fight with their spouse. Some of them are sick on the couch, I guess, really ill, and their couch is now mad about their bed and the whole thing. (laughs) They're out there struggling. What are some rules you would give them to find the funny in their life and to turn it – you know, to turn life into something a little better for them? That is the group Humor You, folks. We'd go through their names, but there's just so many of them. But we might do that again at the very end. Uh, And we'll be back with them after this break right here on the Matt Townsend Show. Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. (laughs) That's a real laugh. That's a real laugh. That's a fake. Some laughs are genuine, while others are a bit forced. And the vast majority of laughs are just, well, polite. (laughs) Yours may be a chortle, chuckle, guffaw, roar, giggle, or snicker, but however you do it, laughter is useful in everyday life. Just ask this guy. 
Well, I think everybody ought to laugh at themselves a little bit more and not take themselves so serious. And uh, laughter can... I use humor, some sort of sarcastic humor in work environments a lot of times to kind of relieve the tension of a stressful meeting, kind of let everybody relax a little bit and uh, laugh a little bit. Uh, You'll live a lot longer. Yet getting this next gentleman to laugh is no easy task. Do you laugh often? I can, but usually it's not going to be uh, too wild. It's going to be uh, in moderation. These two workers laugh because it puts customers at ease. Well, when we're like talking to them, then after everything we say, we just kind of, <laughs> like after, like, I don't know. <laughs> and then you turn around and <laughs> just kidding. Not like that, but you know. So you make fun of your customers here. <laughs> Basically. We kind of keep ourselves entertained. And fun fact, just because you can't hear anything when this girl laughs doesn't make it any less genuine. I don't have a crazy laugh. I'm laugh? serious. I laugh like like I'm a this kind of laugher. Silent laugh? Yeah. So that's Wait, can it. We get that? Can we record that again? Yeah. Oh, you get that? Good. Yeah, that's awesome. Cool. That's great audio. Yeah. Perfect for the radio. Great. This has been another edition of Walkin' and Talkin' with Tom Brinton, telling you to get out there and make somebody laugh today. Perfect. Tom Brinson, who does it better than that? I like the silent laugh. Do you guys uh, ever get a silent laugh? Uh, By the way, we're sitting here with Humor You, which is a group of um, talented comedians where life has drilled them so hard that now they feel (laughs) the ability to laugh. And so it's a comedy group uh, from Brigham Young University. They learn to find – they teach us – and in a minute they're going to teach us to find the funny. But have any of you guys ever heard the silent laugh? I only do a silent laugh. I'm I'm currently silently laughing. My father's laughs are all silent. (laughs) What do you mean? Like just smiling? Well, just people looking at you like, oh, awkward. Oh. Oh. Not laughing. Yeah. Yeah, that happens all the time. So when people don't laugh? Yeah. That's that's my mom. Mm. Is that your mom? Yeah. Oh, don't get depressed, Callie. Um, don't be sad about it. You can call home and they'll ignore you. Um, so we're talking about life, right? Life's hard. And we asked you all to come up with an example of, uh, of the funny. First of all, do you guys think you can actually teach someone to be funny or no. define the humor? I think you can. You can, be, you can improve yourself as a comedian, but there's certain things that you have to have inherently. So you can improve your joke writing and you can improve timing and everything. But yeah. if you don't have anything funny to say, then you never will. Give up. <laughs> Get out of the business so I have a better shot. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Exactly what I'm saying. So you, now, how many of you, by a show of hands, six of you, how many of you think you can teach people to find funny? Well, well like just to find it. He's they, in my they show of have... hands, everyone. This is <laughs> the visual, only one that well, it's a visual cue on a radio show. <laughs> they, they, they can't see my hand, Aaron. So the number was basically everybody. But but as far as to be a professional, you've got to really work it. It's like an art. It is an art. I think there's something inherent. Like my belief is that you really do have to have a sucky adolescence before you're funny. He told you not to say that word. Oh, already. my gosh, it again, but That's I'm okay. So sorry, man. No, we're kidding. We're really kidding. So let's go to – I want you to hear this clip. You all know Tina Fey, right? Oh, yeah. So here's Tina Fey. Uh, basically, she's trying – can you teach someone to be funny? Here's a Google executive chairman, Eric Schmidt, trying to learn to improv with Tina Fey. Stop. I've got a gun. The gun? The gun I gave you for our wedding anniversary, Eric? How could you? We're not married. Aha. We're not married is a denial. We've learned our first improv lesson. This is the problem with an engineer trying to learn improv. <laughs> it's, it takes a long time uh, to, to learn the, those basic rules of improv.
Do you guys know that? Like, so here's an engineer. Do you think there's certain people that it's even harder to teach? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you, I, I went through all of your degrees, and we have a, bio, a microbiologist, molecular biologist, molecular biologist, <laughs> get it right, micro. <laughs> but we have a school. Kelly uh, wants to be a teacher. We have a bunch of arts majors. Media arts. Media arts. What were the others? Uh, communication disorders. Communication disorders. Italian and Italian. But I mean, always funny. That's a lot of arts. Yeah. One yeah. scientist in the mix. Yeah. Hmm. He's not very well, funny okay. either. <laughs> One of our comedians is getting his PhD in physics right now. Okay, so there's some. I think you He's just have to be guy. smart and sad to be a comedian. Why do you keep going back to sad? Okay, I don't even feel that sad. Aaron's a happy guy. He's Actually, hilarious. Aaron's like probably the exception of the rule. He's super is he? happy. He's a happy yeah. kid. Yeah, he's happy. Oh, cute. He's okay, uh, tell me this. We're going to go around the, around the horn now. Everybody, what's one rule? One by one, give me one rule for finding the f- humor in life. What's something that you, other than being depressed and sad, Callie? What's what's an example of how you can so because be thinking of some guy driving home that just really had a bad day. What could he do to find a better a little humor? Who wants to oh, go first? Oh, okay. Um, it's never too soon to make a joke about it. Actually, okay, it might be too soon for some stuff, but just dive right in. So even as soon if you start making jokes, the it helps. Yeah, you know, yeah. as long as it's not malicious. Yeah, that's well, good. It can still be funny. <laughs> Are you guys fighting? Is this a comedy fight? No. No, this, this is a really really funny. This is a real fight. <laughs> God, okay. Being hurt, Who's up next? Aaron? Is um, I say vent with your friends and preferably funny friends who will yeah. make fun of – especially you know, like if you're mad at your boss, it's nice to have a friend who will make fun of your boss. Be like, that's yeah. ridiculous. How did he even said that? Why is he you – know? and uh, if you're tough enough, let them make fun of you too. I mean like just make – it helps if you let – if you tell the the situation to an outsider and they can look with a different perspective and make jokes about it. Yeah, right. Then and then you not, see, oh, that was kind of yeah. funny. You know? So yeah, first you need funny friends too. I guess that's important. Get Looks funny like people sad. around you. <laughs> you guys are best funny friends, BFFs. Lots of, um, lots of hugging. Lots of love in there. Okay, who's up next? Uh, I Who think, wants to go next? Uh, I will. Steven. I think anybody or anything can be funny, really. Is that? I don't think that's true. Debatable. Well, yeah. false. well, you're here, and, and I'm here, so I think it's true. Everyone's principle <laughs> and tell them that they're wrong. <laughs> Seven billion this year. Seven billion people in the world. So you Do you know the rest of them? Oh, my gosh. Here we go. <laughs> We're losing them. So, Steve, you think anything's funny. How, okay, so how do you turn anything funny? Well, I know. I mean, you can have a lot of bad situations, but within each situation, there's, there's something funny. Just look for the funny. You know. One of these guys could tell you about the better than I can. That's good, though. Good, good advice. Who's up next? Me. Me. Um, I think. Is this that, Andrew? This, is, this isn't just humor. That's Jacob. This oh, is Jacob. Okay. Jacob Tarani for the listener. 2012. <laughs> um, this is advice that works in all aspects of life. But if you can uh, not take yourself or what happens super seriously, if you're able to distance yourself from a situation. I know it's not good to run away from your problems, but maybe not make it so immediate to yourself and then you can distance and laugh at it. And that's something that I've applied to my own life Yeah, when sad things happen. Well, you know, it's actually a really cool idea because you have to go on stage to do this. I mean, it's one thing to crack a joke in a group of friends in a, a warm studio. It's another thing to have to go on stage and you you must just take a different role. You can actually you're now just an actor, really. Right? Yeah, there's definitely more bravado. Yeah. 
in the stage act than there is just talking to a cashier, which happened today. She thought it was going to be funny. Poor girl. <laughs> Not. <laughs> but if she came to your show, you'd wow her yeah. with all your bravado. Apparently I had already. <laughs> well. She knew I was oh a my. comedian. Gosh, so, yeah. Jake. Okay, move along. Um, next, who's up next? Yeah, uh, I'm Andy. My only advice is you got to be patient with it. Um, the best jokes come for me after a good five or ten minutes of just working with a premise or just obsessing about stuff. That's that's when things really get good is when it gets under your skin and yeah. you just can't not think about it. That's So that's why I think everybody writes about um, heartache and hardship is because that's really what's on their mind. Oh, interesting. And they and have to explore that. Deeper, yeah. yeah. But patience is probably a huge idea. And no – so if notice if you start tying these together, patience and look for the funny – it's going to appear. This yeah. isn't going to be as bad tomorrow, I guess, unless you're Callie. That's why anyone can do it. <laughs> it's, and always bad. it's always bad tomorrow, <laughs> isn't it, so Callie? Actually, the worse it gets for Callie, the better the jokes are. So. I know. Isn't that great? That's honestly the saddest I was in my life. That's the best when, when I was my best comedic self. That's well, when I was the funniest. <laughs> well, but interestingly, you're using the negative as your benefit. I mean, it's you now have a persona of being all negative, and you're really probably not, even though you probably are. But. Um, <laughs> But the reality is it now serves you. So maybe that's another thing you can do is turn it to your advantage. Turn whatever the pain or the issue was around to your advantage. Who's up? I think that's me. I'm Andreas. I just like Andy said, everything that like you're just focused on for so long. Like for me, I'm applying to med school right now. I've just written so many terrible like medical school jokes. <laughs> but really? like you can find funny in anything. And like most of my jokes aren't good. But like you said, you have yeah. your, your actual self and then your stage self. And I take – 1% or even 10% of those jokes, and I make them funny. That's great. And so, you Well, and getting into med school is tough, so if you could laugh your way through it, it's probably better than just crying. walk crying. <laughs> you can always call Callie. Um, did we get everybody? Yeah. Okay, so that's the group. Now, guys, if anybody out there wants to check out Humor You, where do they find you? Thanks for asking, Matt. You um, bet. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, at Official Humor You on Twitter. Also Official Humor You on YouTube. And we can go see all the all the great, incredible entertainment. Yeah, we got yeah. tons of videos up of all of our sets and past. Every time we have a show, we put up new videos. So okay, subscribe so, to the channel. It's good stuff. This will be great. And then your parents. Do your parents know about this YouTube channel? Have you yeah. let them in uh, on it? Hopefully yet? not. <laughs> yeah, some. My don't. parents still don't know what the internet is. Yeah, Jacob <laughs> doesn't want it because his dad will get it. That's actually our last <laughs> tip for finding the funny in life. What is subscribe it? to our channel? <laughs> subscribe to the channel, yeah. and you'll get a new edition of Funny every day. Exactly. Yeah. And is don't it let daily? Your parents hear what you're doing. And don't <laughs> let your parents in on what's going parents, on. Sports. Uh, dermatologists <laughs> and depression. Yeah. It sounds like the trifecta of a good comedy routine. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. Appreciate you joining us. Thanks, that is Matt. Humor Thank You. you. They rock the world. They are on YouTube. Check them out and um, go get a, a big bundle of humor and love and laughter and a little bit of depression from Callie. That's uh, this segment of the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back after this break to give you more tools and ideas on how to find the funny. You're listening to Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we've been trying to find the funny. We've been talking about humor and the benefits of humor, the good, the bad, the ugly. We had a uh, the humor you come in and, and try to educate us on what makes something funny. And apparently the leading cause of humor is depression. And so, um, which couldn't be all bad. I mean, I think the neat thing about that is we're all going to go through it to some degree or another. 
Now, also, we wanted to just get into a little bit uh, that sometimes humor can also cross the line, right? Did you hear about the guy? It sounds like the beginning of a joke. Hey, did you hear about the guy? (laughs) That uh, some friend, oh my heavens, what kind of friend would do this? So there's a practical joke played on a colleague uh, where his friend apparently placed a letter uh, that contained threats. Uh, this, These were the threats. So he wrote a letter, stuck it in his friend's briefcase that was getting on an airplane. Not a good idea. And, the, and, and it was like a to-do list. And to-do list basically said, number one, hijack plane. Number two, kill Obama. Okay, there's the joke. And in reality, when he was going through the airport, um, it wasn't so good because he ended up getting stopped by the screeners. They found the note during the baggage check. And before he was able to board the Delta, his flight to Arizona, the FBI were arresting him. And now he is in big trouble, as is his friend that wrote the the note. So uh, mental note, hey. Next time you want to play a joke, I wouldn't involve the FBI, the TSA, the president of the United States, and uh, blowing up of a plane. Those are just things I'd avoid, not to give you humor advice or anything. Also, another uh, one that may have gotten away, you may have heard the story about the this brand new cute little couple, cute as can be, and they were just married, and the wife was having a hard time putting together the speed limit law. Okay, and the husband was teasing the wife, um, kind of about that. Let's go. Let's go to that clip. Think about eighty miles per hour. So how long does it take me to go eighty miles if I'm traveling eighty miles per hour? You are driving faster than a minute a mile. Yeah, totally. So (laughs) I would whack eighty in half, and that's forty. Because, I mean, you're probably going just, two minutes a mile. Just whack it in half. Whack it in half. Well, depends on I mean, some cars' tires turn faster than others. Because, I mean, I think a truck probably is slower because it weighs more. Mm-hmm. But I think it also matters if your car's a stick or automatic. <laughs> okay, Chell. What? Think about the term miles per hour. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, the only – that's not funny. I'm not even laughing. Uh, the, the thing that makes it funny is the fact that he's actually recording her. So he's recording her. And as she's coming up with these thoughts, she just apparently wasn't thinking straight. She had been married or whatever, recently had finals. Her head wasn't on straight. She was confused. But he was recording her. And as he was, re- he was recording her, um, he, wanted, he was just doing it basically. But he'd look in the camera and smile and roll his eyes like, oh, my gosh, she's so crazy. Well, his whole goal was to just go show her family because they would just think that's hilarious. She was fe- feeling pretty safe. Long and short of it, though, is she ended up uh, he ended up posting it. And about a million visitors later, <laughs> she kind of hit an Internet phenomenon where she was all of a sudden really popular. And so that's kind of where it went bad. Now, it went so bad, the joke did, that they had to go on television and clean it up. This is his. This is the husband basically begging for forgiveness, in a way, on Good Morning America. I, I definitely I do apologize to Chelsea. Sorry for the emotional roller coaster it's put you through. And uh, I'm glad that you are understanding and such a sweet wife and uh, that we are doing well. All right. Well, that's the sweetest thing we're going to see all day. Okay. By the way, notice we didn't hear from her. 
she was giving him the silent treatment. <laughs> she's still mad. No, she's probably over it by now. But what is, you know, you know, it's a bad joke when you have to go on Good Morning America to fix it, right? So where does it cross the line? And so we wanted to give you some ideas about how to make it healthier and happier, how to create better relationships. But now what I want to do is just kind of do a little bit of a rundown and give you some tools and some ideas for how to make sure you're using your humor appropriately. One of the first keys is to focus on the long-term relationship, not just the short-term reaction. Right. Some of the funniest things I think that that make something funny is the fact that of how someone reacted, how they responded. If you go on to YouTube, you're going to find hours of people setting up gags and jokes and um, all they're trying to do that to create a funny moment is just to see the reaction. And if you notice the uh, the humor you group that was in they're they're not even really always looking for the reaction. They're kind of looking for the irony, the twist. They're actually seeing that there's incredible content inside of the actual um, joke itself. The, the content doesn't need to be the fact that we're embarrassing somebody or that we're putting somebody down. So one of the goals, again, would be make sure that we are focusing on the long-term relationship. Be asking yourself, if I keep treating people that, like this around me, are they? am I going to increase our relationship? Is this going to make us stronger? Or am I just eventually slowly going to tick them off? To the point that they're probably going to take me to Good Morning America and I'm going to have an apology. Humor should be lifting us, right? Humor should be taking us all to a better level. And in fact, that's the interesting thing about these groups is, I mean, it's easy to be a comedian, I guess, if you just want to be, you know, gross or foul and just point out the foul things of life. But the reality is um, that's not going to lift us. So I guess you can get me to laugh. But part of laughter maybe also should be edifying the rest of the world, right? Finding good humor, finding good things, finding a way to to maybe not just tear somebody down in the relationship but lift them up. So that's kind of a, a really powerful idea. Another tool you might want to remember is that some of the funniest moments of life – and one of the troop members basically mentioned this – are usually found. They're not created. So if you have to stage your joke – um, it might not be a good sign that it's you know I mean it's I guess it's humor but it's probably you're paying you're paying a little bit too much work just to get a joke an example of that and it's just a great thing you can go to YouTube and watch it's not there's not great audio but what it is is it's a family that were skiing it's one of my favorite clips and as they're skiing I guess they had just ended the day they're all standing in their skis and their son that appears to be like three years old is falling asleep on his feet. But he's so locked in his boots and his skis and his bindings that he can't tip over. So the kid is asleep standing up. And the dad is like, oh, my heavens, you guys watch this. Look at this kid. He's falling asleep standing up. All you got to do is go YouTube sleeping standing and you'll probably find it. But the funny was in the moment. And what was interesting is the father couldn't get everyone to pay attention enough. Pay attention, everybody. He's, he, the father could not get everyone's attention. Um, some of the best humor is you're really in the moment. So if we pay attention to each other a little bit more, be in the moment, you might be able to find a lot of good stuff going on. Another one means at the end of the humor, another rule is that everyone should tend to feel better, right, after the laugh. We shouldn't feel better just because of it. There's a great video actually done here at BYU where some friends went in um, a woman, a female, um, what do they call them? Dorm room, not dorm room, but it was a, an apartment, and uh, but full of like I think it had four or five women that that lived in that apartment. And the men went in, took all the furniture out, and laid down sod, and put some rabbits. <laughs> 
and some baby chicks in there for Easter. And when the girls were away at church, they came back and boom, they had an automatic garden scene going on in their living room. And then they put up cameras and watched it. Now, there's a staged event, but you know what? At the end of it, this group, they they were all sitting down laughing. Everyone was having fun with it. Everyone was in on the joke. No one was the butt of the joke. Everyone was feeling better. That's another great tool. Another great goal is we want our humor to make sure that we're using it to lift each other and to care for each other. Humor, good stuff. We now know from the show today, it heals us. It makes us better. It makes us happier. It makes us live longer. It actually reduces our pain. Uh, unless you're Callie, who just needs the pain to keep her creative flair of, uh, and comedy going. Humor can also help us with our depression. It is, a, it is a way to medicate. It can also go too far, as we've seen. Humor should not be at the expense of anybody. And honestly, one of the greatest things maybe we've learned today is we need to take ourselves a lot less seriously, don't we? Life is short, but you know what? It's also pretty funny. And one of the best ways probably in your life to get through some of the difficult times would be to focus in a little bit, look for the funny. Remember that tomorrow's another day. No one's going to die, even if it seems like it. Uh, There is a silver lining, and it will get better. That's the spirit of this show. That is the goal. Every time on this show, the Matt Townsend Show, we want to help you deal with your life, get through the human the thing, I guess the thing some people call the human tragedy, it doesn't have to be a tragedy. Life is good. You are blessed. And it is good to have um, the opportunity to be learning and growing. Make sure you're taking advantage of it. We will be on this station every afternoon at 5 p.m. Eastern time with more ideas on how to deal with your life and to take, uh, take it to a next level. Thanks for joining us, everybody, right here on the Matt Townsend Show, Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio.